Welcome to Ancient Answers, the program that discusses modern issues and topics by looking back to the wisdom of the ancient civilizations that came before us. My name is Shane. I'm Gordon. And today we are doing a little bit of a different structure here. This is a, a season two wrap-up that That's we're right. doing. It's a, a, what we're sort of referring to as a reflections episode, where we, we look back to the episodes that we did in season two, all 29 of them, and, uh, and just have a quick discussion on you know, what we learned from each other, what we enjoyed, and, and yeah, just, just reflect on, as we reflect on the wisdom of the ancients. That's right, gonna... wise words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what this is all about, so. All right, well, I'm going to take the lead here, and yeah, we'll yeah. alternate back and forth. This is great. So, um, Shane, what I learned, uh, the things particularly I learned from you, because of the research you did and, and uh, the notes you put together and shared with me, first of all, I thought the episode about sports particularly enjoyable i really had no idea and the one that i have literally told dozens of people is do you know who the most highly paid athlete in human history was because when you told me who it was and you know this this uh, what was the name again oh geez uh apuleius oh sorry folks we, gaia gaius apuleius of course i can't remember the third name is the one he's always known by and i can't think of it oh and yeah, we'll come back to he it. Was, anyway, <laughs> that he made in roughly our money today a billion dollars as a chariot racer. Yeah, and only lasted four years. Well, he, no, years? his his career was quite long and storied. Um, oh, okay, I, there I was listened. there was another charioteer because because if I remember correctly, the the one that I mentioned, uh, his his career lasted for quite a long time, and he actually lived long enough to retire with fifteen the equivalent of fifteen billion modern U.S. dollars. That's uh, but, just unbelievable. But he was actually in second place in terms of like all-time wins. But we just don't know what the full earnings were of the guy who beat him. Now, considering that after we were make this recording, you're going off to see... Gaius Apuleius Diocles. Oh, there it That's is. what it was, Diocles. Nice. There you go. Quick and Google where search. are you going after we finish this recording? Oh, I'm going to watch an F1 race. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the modern equivalent. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're sitting on the couch and I'm looking at the clock. Like, okay, I've got like 20 minutes and I got to run. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, I thought that that to me that was it opened up for me a whole uh, nice to, on my own. I went afterwards and yeah. learned a bit and stuff like that. That was one of my favorite episodes to research. I really had fun with that one. Okay, and what were some things that you had um, thought about? Actually, yours I really enjoyed surprise the episode on agriculture so oh, that's okay. when we when we talked about it we even said straight up like this is not a very sexy topic like it's yeah yeah it's seen as a little dull and boring watching but, plants grow <laughs> but it was it was really interesting and and it's something that i wouldn't have really thought of because like you said it's it's kind of plain and basic and, and quote-unquote uninteresting except for the fact that it's sort of foundation for everything that we have yeah. as a modern society yeah. It drove um, aqueduct construction, it drove yeah. conquest, it drew, unfortunately, slavery. Yeah. It affected all that. You know, it's because human beings can live without cell phones, yeah. they can live without cars, but yeah. see how long you can go without food. Yeah, yeah. there you go, Yeah, right? you can so, hunter-gatherers, but then you don't have a very, well, I guess you have a diversified diet, but yeah. you don't have structure and stuff. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing, right? Well, so, I'm glad so you enjoyed I, that one. I yeah, enjoyed like the research was, in that one, actually. Yeah, and one one thing I really liked was you made a point about how the production of beer and wine, being a pre precursor to agriculture, <laughs> may have been one of the reasons we settled into <laughs> cities. I thoroughly enjoyed that fact. <laughs> We've got these hops. What are we going to do with them? Yeah. You know what? We really like getting wasted. It's going to be a lot easier if we settle down together Let's to see. make it happen. Oh, my. Oh, oh. Gee, the ancients, when you think about uh, 
they have found evidence of beer manufacturing that goes back to 8,000 oh, yeah. BC, at least. And they yeah, think yeah. further. Yep. They think further. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty, much, pretty much a fact at this point that the production of alcohol <laughs> predates agriculture. <laughs> and that, that's reflected also in China. Oh, is it? Okay. And as, I don't know if it's as early, but they, you know, they understood how to ferment rice. Yeah. And other, oh, yeah. I've had sake before. It's good. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that is that is cool. Thank you for that. Um, so, what did I learn uh, in mm, return? You got. I thought it was interesting. It was just a comment you made in one episode, and I I went to look try to find the episode. I, I didn't. You made a point one time how Rome didn't really change during its history, and it reflected. And then not soon afterwards, I came across one of the audiobooks I liked listening to that have history. That it said, you know, the Roman Empire really didn't change technologically during its history. And in fact, it kind of got stagnated Mm -hmm. without the impulse to innovate. Yeah. And that it succumbed eventually to the Germanic tribes in the West. It took a little longer in the East, but uh, to those who were innovative. And the innovations were the Germanic tribes. It it became the Celts. uh, It became other, other groups. Uh, and then later, you, in, particularly for the East, the Turks, who mm-hmm. came all the way from the far end of Asia, they came all the way across the Asian subcontinent, ending up in, of course, what is now Turkey, uh, and bringing their ingenuity and their energy. Yeah. They, had, they were willing to adapt and learn new methods. And it yeah. wasn't just military methods, which were crucial, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the use of the horse and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was, how do you organize the soldiers that they feel like they're getting a piece of the action yeah that it was better than the the romans were able to do with their legionnaires yeah they did and they tried retirements and stuff like that but anyways i learned yeah. a lot from that well that, and, that struck. well we also we talked about before we started recording this we we touched on this a little bit and how you know there was a lot of innovation in in the european kingdoms and the european continent and that may have had to do with the fact that it was a lot of small relatively small entities and countries that were all fighting against each other and trying to get some even not in military conflicts but in intellectual conflicts and ideological conflicts and cultural conflicts trying to get an edge on someone else whereas when you have vast empires like rome or china or or these vast territories anyway there's less competition because they're kind of winning at life already there's less need to adapt yeah so that could be that could be a reason for the stagnation yeah that gets me thinking about that yeah okay yeah so uh i made when i was re-listening to the episode on leisure games i made a note and it was the entire episode Oh, okay. Yeah, the, that, that's right. I did the I did the episode was, on leisure was, games. That was your baby. You, I, I, I enjoy board games, but not nearly to the extent that you do. Well, I, mean, I don't create them for one thing. For our audience's sake, and coming soon, I've created some board games that have an ancient history theme. But yes, I enjoy board games. I've been creating them much of my life, even fun ones for my kids when they grew up. Uh, I enjoy the aspect. I like I like games that can teach something. So yeah. I kind of have a little spin of educational ones but uh the fact that ancient egyptians played board games ancient persians played board games of varieties and we found some of them in in uh, you know uh, archaeological digs and stuff i find utterly fascinating yeah. and when i did a little bit more research in it i discovered that there's whole uh doctoral dissertations that have been released and they're online by uh by students who've written and studied because how the human mind uh translates 
abstract thoughts within mm-hmm. the game structure and the way it tests the brain to think. Huh. Uh, not Most games are not military, quote-unquote, uh, orientated games. They're strategy games. Yeah. And, you know, ancient peoples believed that if you could intellectually adjust to a game, then that gave you thinking powers that meant it could be uh, usable in other aspects of life. Well, that sort of goes along. You learned with, from games. It sort of goes along with the whole idea that we see chess as this very cerebral, intellectual game, right? Whereas people people who are really good at chess, even, you can know nothing else about them. But as soon as you hear uh, someone's oh, name, they're, that's right, they're a chess this, master. You, there's this assumption that they're super smart. They've got two brains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two, two right. brains Actually, uh, I love chess. I've always enjoyed playing chess. I think it's an absolutely marvelous invention. Um, and some of the games I've created are derivations, actually, of chess. I do like Go. I've never actually played Go. Which is from the East. I think yeah, it a has a depth Jap- to it. Yeah, oh, we talked about whether or not that was a Chinese-Japanese game. Eh? There yeah. seems to be some kind of disagreement or uncertainty. There's, yeah, between the two cultures, there's yeah. an idea. Who who invented the game? Yeah. Either way, but yeah, um, I've, I've never actually played it. The Japanese certainly make it a bigger deal, but just for our audience to be aware of that the game Go, which is uh, on a 17 by 17 grid board with uh, white, uh, white marbles and black marbles, and you put them down and you block people and make groupings and so on. It is so popular that over 60 million Chinese watch the finals <laughs> live on TV. Yeah, so double population in Canada. Yeah, for example, <laughs> you know, and a significant percentage of the United States uh, to watch a, a basically a chess game Yeah, and stuff like that. Um, oh, thank you for the leisure game. I yeah. actually really enjoyed it. To me, it, it had a, a, a double effect that it influenced the design of the games I'm doing that oh. have an ancient, sort of ancient thematic yeah. uh, overviews. Um, hmm. We'll 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 have an episode in our new new season Next that season, we'll talk yeah. about what's being done. Sounds good. I like it. All right. What do you got? What do you got? What else you got? Well, I'm gonna kind of run back a little to Rome because uh, it was a reflection of some comments you had made about how the wealthy just of Rome just sat back and collected their their money from their estates and in a sense never really they were too above I'm saying this in a salty way but too above to get involved with the the commerce Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking oh you're too good to to earn your money by your creativity you just got it because your family inherited it yeah like most of the wealth of ancient rome was inherited so again there was no modern parallel there yeah there was no incentive to be innovative Mm -hmm. and and therefore the whole idea of merchant merchants who were looked upon as almost subhuman oh he's just a filthy merchant used car salesman right there where do you expect mr (laughs) patrician to get your funny silks yeah and you're spending a couple of million dollars on a silk because it comes across all the way from china and and you you have this, uh, but then it it made you realize we're not that much different. We do have unfortunately class stra- uh, stratification in our societies today, where some people think they're better than others. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you know what? You still end up in the pine box. Yeah, there you so, go. So you know, there's life will eventually live well. But the greatest, I do believe that the greatest justice a human being can do is to do. Uh, I don't want to use the word charity in a bad way, but to be charitable to those where fortune yeah. has not shined on. Yeah. To be kind and courteous. Yeah. And, and, and and when I hear about people today who are very wealthy, they could be Hollywood stars, they could be in, industrialists, or people that donate 
and build hospitals and stuff. Yeah, they get their names on it. That's fair. You know, I'm aware yeah. of a, a hospital donation in Toronto that was several millions of dollars and the name of the guy ends up on it. But that's fair because he wanted people to benefit from the the benefit of a, of, a, of, a, of a, an improved cardiac unit. Yeah. Well, there are people whose lives will be saved by that. Yeah. And, and that's not the only example. I, I, there's many other oh, examples. Oh, yeah. We could, we could talk for hours about that, that so kind of thing. So when I hear about someone who's earned a great deal of money or has achieved wealth or even inherited wealth but contribute to the betterment and, and are charitable, I always look upon them differently. When I think about Romans who were not charitable, mm-hmm. it wasn't in their spirit to be charitable. Yeah. Then it's something that we reflect on sometimes throwing the glory and admiring the Roman Empire. Eh, you know, there are things you can admire, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Balance there. it out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I learned that from you is to, is, oh. is to not be well, thank you. gushing about Romans. <laughs> um, so so one one that uh, that I quite enjoyed working with you and this one. This is an idea that it gets reflected over and over and over again across several episodes. But I think it was most prominent in the episodes we did about the cities of Alexander, as well as the two-parter about... Uh, actually, it was I think Cities of Alexander was a two-parter it as well. It was a yeah. two-parter. Yeah. So the four episodes that encompassed the cities of Alexander, as well as the Silk Road, um, was this the idea of... I, for, I guess the big picture... Because my education is pr- is is entirely the Greco-Roman world. That was where same here. So, yeah. um, and I'm I'm working on expanding further. I've been reading a lot about uh, you know Norse mythology and Viking culture and whatnot because that's very fascinating. I'm trying to move into and and made very very real attempts this season to get into some Mesoamerican and South American cultures. I I'm trying to talk a little bit more about India, but there's a lot of different subjects where you talk about China. And A, that's not a country that I'm very familiar with to any degree. Uh, it's one that has a vast, colorful, complicated history. Well, I hope that you get to go about. at some point once the pandemic wraps yeah. up and stuff. Because even the two and a half weeks I was there, mm-hmm. although I studied Chinese history, I, I, every day my mouth was hanging low. I, yeah. I, I, everything I saw. Just blew me away. Well, and and what and and that's very reflective in this show because the number of times where you know we'll be talking about whatever subject it is, and then you bring up Chinese history and their innovations and whatnot. But again, in in regards to the cities of Alexander and the Silk Road episodes, yeah. there was a lot of okay. Well, while this was happening in the Mediterranean area, here's what was happening in China at the same time, and it's weird to think about parallelism in that sense in history. You know, the fact that when we think about the fact that Anne Frank, Martin Luther King Jr. and Barbara Walters were all born in the same year is very strange because (laughs) they represent three very distinct different areas of history, but they were born at the same time. So it's weird to think about how, oh, well, while A, B, and C were going on in Rome, D, E, and F were happening at the exact same time in China. And there's this cultural shift in this ideological difference where these two massive empires for lack of a better term are doing sort of the same thing at the same time but no one really thinks about them the as fact they did, together they both did censuses within exactly. 20 years yep. of each other that came up with almost the same numbers exactly right <laughs> things like that so again it was very much reflected in the those four episodes but i i, I appreciate the fact that you will bring a, a big picture view into it whereas i tend to look at individual areas and, and you kind of go well no like 
the world is is all one big thing and so there's this there's things happening all over the place and they do have an influence on each other that's yeah. true i think you i think you have a very a very broad view of history that uh, i admire certainly certainly if i could wave a magic wand and talk to uh, you know, a magic elf or something like that. Uh, it would be that I hope you get to travel to Europe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm dying to do it. I'm dying to travel. And, you know, there are some wonderful history-oriented tours that will oh, take God, you yeah. to a lot of great money. Uh, some of the ones that really touched me were sometimes the ones that are least known, letter, are less known, yeah. uh, and China. Uh, there are wonderful tours that the, that are run by Chinese government. I give them credit. They they do work hard to make people feel something about their their culture they're proud of it yeah the chinese are proud well of course yeah they, um, they've got they have a rich have, long history and uh and 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 even japan would be a, a place where mm-hmm. there's a distinctive culture there but if you think the whole human experience on this round ball that we live on is so diversified oh yeah uh, we enjoy the fact that we're able to pull from ancient sources so that our listeners, as we live here in the 21st century, we reflect on the fact that human beings did think about the same things we think about today. Mm-hmm. That was part of our messages in our early episodes of, this, uh, of season one, uh, of why we, we enjoy doing this. Not only did Shane and I, we, we also enjoy just hanging out. Oh yeah, this is just fun. Do you know, <laughs> people don't know that when we get together to record episodes, we often spend up to three hours just chatting afterwards. <laughs> we, <So>. we, yeah, <laughs> we, we get like... An hour, maybe, of content, but it takes us three and a half hours to record because we're having fun just chatting away. Well, I'll cover the last couple of points. I won't sure, take yeah. as much time. One was I really enjoyed the episode you put together about music. Oh, I loved researching that. Yeah, it, music, you, music is my passion project. The way games are yours. So. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, equally the kind of reciprocal on that one. Yeah. In fact, it really opened up for my. Do you know that after that, I went online and I listened to that uh, recording. What they think is the earliest, well, the earliest song music, or mel- yeah, 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 from what was Persia. Yeah, and and played. I thought, and it's it's a it's a distinctive melody. Yeah. And I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> Someone who figured out. I think this is what the notation was saying yeah. in the in the written record. Oh yeah, I and enjoyed that one. I'm glad you liked the leisure game, so I'll, I'll comment that I enjoyed reading that one. Uh, and I'm just going to follow up on your Silk Road because that was also my notes here. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed the research for that. It was more than I thought. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of a role it played, and how, in spite of wars and conquests and you know. Uh, brutal <laughs> military operations well, and pandemics and pandi- oh yeah and... pandemic you know the silk road basically functioned for 1600 years yeah with very few interruptions and of all the things it was genghis khan now he's not really in the ancient history period of time yeah. but genghis khan's <laughs> rather brutal congress he killed 10 percent of the world's population it's estimated uh, that gave the Silk Road, okay, now you could travel from end to end, yeah. which people began to. Yeah. That was fascinating. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Silk Road episode. I remember being very overwhelmed when I started researching the Silk Road because there's just, there's, I mean, like you said, it's it's 1,600 years of history there that encompassed 9,000 kilometers oh, from yeah. end to end, right? So there's a lot of information. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sort of the, the last note I have on here is um, on the episode about money. Oh, that money. one was really interesting. There's a lot that I didn't learn that I didn't know. Sorry. So the fact that you know China used basically the same standardized currency for roughly a thousand years, you know they came up with a system that worked. It was very effective, and they just left it alone because you know if it ain't broke, it don't ain't fix broke, it. That didn't work. 
Um, I but what really interested me in the episode about money was some stuff that was going on in Rome, where uh, Rome doubled the salaries of its military personnel in one swoop. Yeah, and that came at the expense of civil works and infrastructure. And there's no, you know, there there was a period of for I think it was fifty years. You said. Where no buildings were built. Exactly, there was there were no major projects undertaken because they had to feed the mil, the uh, military industrial complex, and oh, do we have a parallel I wonder, today? We could probably find a modern parallel if we looked really hard. To I'm our sure. dear American listeners, if yeah. the, your government has reported that fifty percent of the tax revenue is going now to your military, and it's something that um, I don't. I follow politics to a, to a degree, but one thing that drives me absolutely nuts, and we we have, you know, we're not going to pretend that we're high and mighty here. We have sim- very similar problems in Canada, but they te- I, they they at least sound more pronounced in the United States, just because the United States has such a global presence, right? It does, of um, course. But I it drives me nuts whenever there's a reform that's put trying to be pushed through in the U.S. that's going to help people, and there's always this pushback of, well, how are we going to pay for it? And then, okay, well, we're going to spend 50% of our tax revenue on the military, and there's no questions asked. Well, yeah, I, I mean, the, yeah. those who are American listeners and so on, we we know that's challenging. Governance is not an easy thing. No, absolutely and we, not. We, we recognize that the United States has been the bastion of freedom and has, you know, done it some good works around the world mm-hmm. in terms of keeping the peace. We since World War II. I mean, we do live in a nuclear age that has not resulted in any further use of nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. And I do think the Americans are very, very good. The government works hard to make sure that lid is kept locked. Yep. So, great. Um, But Rome spent itself into irrelevancy in the end. It took longer than people. It took 200 years now, even Constantine's um, re- reformations, which we had in just recent episode yep. of how he readjusted the money, it, it wasn't going to fix. It lasted a little while because he could hold it off by uh, unloading on the currency uh, extra gold. Mm-hmm. Is really what happened. Uh, but in the end, if you, the military just consumed everything. I mean, one of the biggest points they had was they eventually, by about the year 375, just before the great and disastrous battle of um, uh, Annapoli, the uh, it's estimated about 60% of the Roman military was actually foreign-born, if you want to use the word foreign-born. They were dramatic troops brought in and paid. Of course, they were paying them enormous salaries. Mm-hmm. And so... It was a lesson learned. I thought for our world today, yeah. is there a better way we can spread the peace dividend out? Mm-hmm. Yes, militaries are still needed because course, there are yes. still some bad players in the world. Yep. And there are some troublesome players. But um, Yeah, that, that just that just struck me as a very powerful parallel to modern times, which is in essence the entire purpose of this this program. And yeah, yeah. It's watching how money was devaluated yeah. is a bit of a lesson for our world today. Yeah, that is something we're facing right now. The economic challenges, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The final one I'll leave here in, as a, my wrap-up is I wanted to appreciate Leanne being one of our, and actually our first guest speaker. Yeah, we have the, more planned for next year. Yeah, Leanne, Leanne was our guest for the, the final episodes of season one. And 
Yeah, that was that was something. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was more of we 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 had a we had an hour and a half long conversation, uh, nice myriad of of topics, and we were able to divide it up into three, three episodes. episodes. Yeah, I thought that that was a really uh, something we we're going to look at. So for our audience, that is something we're definitely looking for. We've already started contacting some people we know that have a good history background. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to start looking at interviewing some people where Shane and I can have fun and kind of tag teaming. Yeah. Uh, not that we're going to grill anybody, but we're going <laughs> to we're, we're going to have some fun talking well, about get someone else in for the sake of variety as well, and, yeah. and just get a new perspective. And uh, our, our idea is not just to rehash ancient history. There's plenty of videos and other good shows out there that'll give you a good narrative of history. We're going to sit and talk about how the things that were done in the past, lessons learned, or historical events, reflect on our world today. What mm -hmm. we learned from that. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't learn from history... Oh, you're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, that famous... Uh, yeah. Or I, I've heard is uh, every time history repeats, the price goes up. Oh, I like that one too, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm actually going to leave with with a little teaser for next season. Before oh, okay. We, before that we sounds now, good, Shane. Well, sort of, because it's a teaser based on a blunder. <laughs> because... We did an episode about sanitation, right? That's right. And in that episode, we talked about the fact that we were going to be doing an upcoming episode on construction. And we recorded the episodes back-to-back, -back, actually, one after the other. But while going through and looking back at notes for this one, we actually never posted the episode on ancient construction. And by we, I mean me, because that's my job. <laughs> and looking back, I realized I don't know how it happened, but somewhere while I was... While we were transferring files back and forth, and oh, while I was going through and editing, yes. the okay. construction episode got lost and was never posted. So, season three is going to feature an episode on ancient construction projects. There we go. Now we can give it in advance. It'll be on an ancient construction. And that'll be good because in the YouTube format, we mm -hmm. can put lots of fun pictures of ancient buildings. There you go. It's going to work out very splendidly, this error. There we go. Well, I guess the muses are are working with us. On Perfect. This one. We'll go with that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we thank all our listeners for uh, working and listening for us for two seasons. Mm -hmm. As we've obviously mentioned, we're looking forward to seeing in season three. Um, keep in touch with us through social media. We hope the those people during the break time they have good times with their family. Mm -hmm. The holidays are coming up for us, so those are good times for us. Uh, yeah, that's as much as I can think. Yeah, that's pretty much all. I, I yeah, I wanted to get that little teaser out for next season and uh, stay we tuned. Some, we got some, we got some fun stuff coming. I think we season three is going to be interesting. Thank you for listening. I'm Gordon and I'm Shane.